from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hey, welcome back to Guatney Unplugged. So glad to have one of my best friends on the show. Uh, he's coming to us from over in the Atlanta area via telephone. And he is the most incredible artist you've ever seen. Uh, Steve Stanley, his website is stanleyart.com. Log on there and see what this guy does. It is amazing. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great, Scott. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad you're doing well. Oh, yeah. What What's some of the first drawings you remember doing? Well, you know, it's funny. Back uh, back in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I'm originally from, my Aunt Trula mom and I, we were seated around the kitchen table. And I remember we were doing some, some coloring book stuff. And I just, I don't know, I just had an urge to draw Donald Duck. And that was the earliest drawing that I can remember. As a matter of fact, my father kept it and gave it to me years ago, and it's one of my uh, personal sentimental uh, moments. But I remember it well. Do you ever get any better at it? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) What's some of your biggest influences growing up? (laughs) Well, certainly uh, comic books, they were a big influence. Some of the artists like Neil Adams and Kurt Swan. And Murphy Anderson, they were some of the earliest influences. I always wanted to draw like them as I grew up. But the comics, they uh, they were definitely big, big inspirations. Superman and Batman, of course, were two of my favorites. Doesn't it bother you that they can't seem to get their movies right? Well, every every single time they try to make Superman the icon for the hope of the world, they seem to make him dark and brooding like Batman which was a formula they were deliberate about swiping from. Yeah, so, Superman's a Boy Scout. Christopher Reeve he, is the only Superman. He forever will be, of course. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you, you ultimately, you start out drawing Donald Duck, and now and you, you graduate to doing things like you, you've actually done the artwork on Batman toy packages that somebody might get at Walmart. How did that come about? Well, that was that was kind of a that was purposeful. I went to the Chicago Comic Con, and Mike Carlin, who was kind of the uh, overseer of all things DC Comics, he was a big fan of the old show Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. And I had done a, a montage of Dean Cain and the cast, and I stood in line for a couple of hours to meet him. And I knew he, I knew that he was he had been on the show. He'd done a guest spot, but he was a huge fan. And, of course, when he saw that piece, he hired me. And another editor named Charlie Koshman was behind him, and he threw out his business card, and he said, do you want to draw Batman? I said, of course. So I worked on the Batman Forever licensing, the toys, and a lot of the card art that you see associated with the action figures. That was was my work. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was fortuitous and planned and, a lot of hard work to get to that point. But I worked for them. I worked for DC consecutively for about three years, and that seems to be my regular tenure as a freelancer. For the clients I work with, there's about three years. Sure. I know you also did, and, and uh, like the Star Trek collector plates, you know, the, mm-hmm. with all the characters on them and everything. I mean, I eat off of them, you know, corn dogs Me and, too. and mac corn, and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> But how did that come about? <laughs> that was, you know, I found the the, uh, the contact number for the editor through one of these resource books, and same deal. I, 
I sat down for about two or three months. I created some uh, some uh, Star Trek samples, and I sent them to uh, the artist liaison. And it's funny that I don't know if this helped, but she had a best friend who lived in the same city that I did at the time, and she hired me. And she said, would you like to do a, a collector plate series called The Lot of Spock? And I thought, twist my arm. So that was uh, that was just another it was deliberate and planning and, and gearing up and sent them artwork. And they, they hired me. I was forever grateful. And they can, you probably find them on eBay now or something. I don't know. You absolutely can. You sure can. I picked up a couple of extras just to give away as gifts. And so I believe also at some point in time, you fall into this thing where you designed one of the most popular wrestling t-shirts of all time. And, and tell us what that is and how that came about. Well, that was through the same resource book. I'd contacted a, a T-shirt shop of all plays right in Little Rock. And uh, one of my close and dear friends, Real Luttrell, over at Image One. I mean, that's his, that's his place. I got connected with him. And he came over here to Atlanta. And we talked to Kelly Comments, who was the uh, art buyer that, for the uh, merchandising. She was the merchandising agent for WCW, and I was given the task to come up with a new Sting design, and this is when he came up with his crow theme, his white face with uh, the dark leather and uh, his long hair. And basically, uh, I was watching one of their Monday Nitros, and as the camera panned into the audience during one of their shows, you could see the audience wearing all of these black and white NWO shirts. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we could put Sting's face on a T-shirt and the next, and that's the, I came up with the Sting white face shirt. The next Thursday they had ordered, gosh, they had ordered, pre-ordered maybe 5,000 units. And I think 5,000 units were in the audience the night that they, that they filmed through the audience, and you could see my design of white-faced Sting staring back at you, which I hope I said this right. Basically, they the sales from just panning into the audience and seeing these white-faced Sting shirts, I mean, they sold, gosh, 50,000 units, you know, within the next week. It was a big seller for them. Dude, that's and awesome. Yeah, kept me alive for about three years afterwards on Royals, but it <laughs> yeah. was a good deal. That's unbelievable. What's your, what, you also go on to, you, I don't think it exists now, but you designed a museum as well, correct? That's right. In Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, I was hired to design the interior. That is the displays, uh, any, anything visual that you saw inside of this museum. It was House's Helicopter Museum. Basically, I designed it. Uh, the, the, the artifacts, uh, the designs that you would see as you walk through the museum. The interactives and stuff like that? That's right. Signage, artwork, anything anything visual I was responsible for. That was a huge project. And they end up having Airwolf. Which was everybody's favorite. Yes. Now, I've heard a story that a family moved to Pigeon Forge in order to be closer to Airwolf. Is that true? <laughs> I think that is I think that is the rumor. <laughs> you know I don't think it was 
I don't think it was the Roman family, but it might have been somebody really close to them. <laughs> Man, it's not like it's the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. I mean, come on, people. It's Airwolf. So well, there are a lot of diehard fans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing to draw? Uh, gosh, uh, a crowd. Anytime I can draw a crowd, it's absolutely the best. And, and you're and you're involved in the, uh, or you have been at least with the annual Metropolis Superman Festival. What have you done with those folks? Gosh, I did a lot of their. Well, I created the Superman suits for Scott Cranford, the then official Superman. Uh, he his his suit was running just a little. It was running just a little shabby. So with a with the aid of my friend Lisa Huggins, we who's an expert seamstress, we came up with. Uh, a new design for him. It was very classic, very traditional, certainly bright red, bright blue, and not this uh, darker Superman. Uh, we created the suit for him. He wore it splendidly. And then, of course, a lot of the artwork, just as far as T-shirts and things like that, I supplied to the city. We had a good relationship for the 10 years I was involved. Wow, it's unbelievable. Tell us about, yeah. i got a couple of minutes left, and I, I think yeah. as I've kind of gotten into what you do, um, the interesting thing to me is it, it, it becomes, you know, in elementary school, if you can draw, it, it, you're impressing your fellow students if you can draw better than all these guys. But in the professional world, if there are ways to cheat or produce something faster, it becomes about production. And I always thought that Absolutely. was interesting. You know, it, tracing is not considered a bad thing when, you, you know, you have these deadlines and it's all about production. <laughs> the fact that you can freehand replicate something is awesome, but you don't have to do it that way. Correct? Could you speak to that Co a little bit? Correct. Well, the Steve, what was it, Steve Ditko or one of the classic artists, Steve Ditko created Spider-Man. And it was either Ditko or Wally Wood who said, Never draw what you can trace, never trace what you can cut out and steal and, and something to that effect. But anyway, that's essentially it. When you're in, as a, as an, as a creator, an artist, you can be a purist, which means that you can pick up a pencil and draw and paint from scratch, or you can be like me, an illustrator, and you can cut corners to, produce artwork more quickly because if you produce it more quickly you have a you have a, a better pay scale by the end of the month which is very important oh yeah but if you can if you can trace outline something which isn't cheating because you have to know what to trace sure and then basically do a fill a color fill well that certainly aids it increases your production and and that's what you want but also, too, if I have the need to pick up a pencil and draw something, I can. That's how I was trained. Sure. But also, I'm a smarter artist, too, <laughs> and I want to be able to cut corners wherever possible. Hey, thanks so much for being on Guatney Unplugged today. His website oh, is stanleyart.com. Check it out. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Be right back. Guatney Unplugged.